0: In today's show, we look ahead to Friday in the NBA, all of the games, all of the streaming options. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball TikTok at RedRock underscore b and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. There are a lot of games on Friday. I think it's nine. Is it 10? No, it's 10. 10 games on Friday. We're going to talk about all of those games, some streaming options as well. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The first game. Oh, no magic. Oh, no magic. The Magic and the Hornets. The Magic are four-point favorites here. John Isaac is out again with his hamstring injury you got to think this is going to be multiple weeks now. This is three consecutive games with the hamstring. Um, it's John Isaac. Like there's, You don't hold him. You drop him pretty clearly. And then with Charlotte, Cody Martin is out again. I don't expect Cody Martin to play again this season. I don't know that, but they're being very uh, weird in terms of telling us. So he's not going to play, I don't think. The other one is PJ Washington Jr., who's missed three straight with a foot sprain. Without him, they've been starting the God of Hammers, JT Thor, in that position. We know each other. He's a friend from work. And giving Kai Jones some backup minutes. And if PJ's out, they'll just continue to do that. For the Magic, what we want to watch is Cole Anthony. Because last game, he led the team in shot attempts and in minutes. And he played 27 minutes the game before that, but had combined for 35 in the two prior to that. So where his minutes are, I actually don't know. They are all over the place. It does help that Isaac is out because they don't really replace John Isaac in the rotation. They just give his minutes to other people. And Anthony will be one of the guys that benefits from that. But is there enough there to look at him as anything more than a hey? Let's throw a dart and maybe get some points and threes out of him. That's sort of where I think he is. I also want to watch Paulo Bunquera. Not that his role is changing, not that his minutes are changing, but can we have one game in more than one game in two months where the shots go in? Like that's the concern here is that he just continually obliterates your percentages, both of them, and lacks in some of the defensive stats, which makes it really hard to build in a build around him in a category league. I don't think we drop him, but. You could you know, look at him as a as a sit option at times when there are a lot of games on just to try and protect some of those areas. For the Hornets, will they just let Ubre go wild again? Yes, they probably will. He will start. He will get big minutes. He'll miss a lot of shots. He'll get some steals, but he's going to put up good volume. And then we want to watch Dennis Smith, who played 26 minutes off the bench. It was enough, and it remains enough for him to be a 12-team league player. But how they use Smith and Haywood and Oubre and Rogier and even Bryce McGowans is something we need to watch in this post Lamelo ball portion of the season. The second game up is the Blazers and the Hawks. Second game under Quinn Snyder for Atlanta. There's no Nurkic for Portland, no Winslow for Portland, and there's not going to be Anthony Simons. He, uh, he got gonged. Um, we're officially listing him doubtful at this point, but yeah, a, an aggravation of that ankle problem. I would expect they play a Sunday, Monday back to back. I would expect he's at least out those three games. I don't know though. Um, and yeah, he came. Did he come back too early? Perhaps, maybe. Yes. Um, and we'll see how long this puts him out for this time. For the um, Blazers side of things, that will mean we probably get Cam Reddish starting again. But what does it mean for Shade and Sharp, whose minutes in the last three games have gone 13? 31 and 14. So I don't know. Reddish is the safer guy with minutes to be a points and steals, not points, a threes and steals guy whereas Sharp is more of a points-and-nothing-else guy. Uh, You can consider Reddish as a streamer, but I wouldn't be all that excited. And I want to watch what happens with Trenton Watford and comparing him with Drew Eubanks. Because last game, Watford was really good. He's played 20 minutes in three consecutive games. They are bringing Eubanks' playing time down just a little bit, and that's giving a little bit extra to Watford. I don't think it makes him a 12-team league guy. It pushes Eubanks more to become a blocks specialist, but we need to watch how that goes. And for the Hawks, there are huge questions that we do need to watch. Because we've got a situation here where Clint Capella is, yeah, played big minutes last game. First game under Quinn Snyder. Is that what they will do? Or was it only because of a Okongwu's foul trouble? Or are we back to 28 minutes Capella, 20 minutes Okongwu? Or is it 26 Capella, 22 Okongwu? Or is it 32 Capella, 16 Okongwu? We need to watch that. And we also need to watch John Collins. Because he was benched for Sadiq Bey at the end of last game. And I think given the way that Quinn Snyder hated using... Favors and Gobert together that he might hate using Capella and Collins together and Bay might actually push to 30 minutes. Just need to watch. I don't think Bay's a 12-team league ad in 30 minutes, but it would definitely make John Collins drop if he stays around 25, 26 minutes. I'll hold him for one more or two more, but we need to see what happens in that scenario. The next game is the Celtics. They are hosting the Brooklyn Nets. At this point, we know that Ben Simmons is out. For Brooklyn, they also just ruled out Yuta Watanabe or Edmund Sumner. They're not in the rotation anyway, so it doesn't really matter. For the Celtics, Derek White left last game with a neck injury. We haven't really had an update on that, so we'll see if he is out. That just helps someone like Brogdon get a little bit more stability. We also want to see... or uh, well, I'll get to the Celtics in a second. For Brooklyn, I want to see Cam Thomas' role. I know he's not going to do much more than score. I don't need to see that, but it's about role for him. He played 24 and 23 minutes the last two games. Is he a 25-minute player? Is he a 29-minute player? They they are different things. 23 minutes, obviously. 23 minutes is a not a 12-team league player. 28 is. And he's going to have real value for scoring. Hit some threes, get some free throws. There can be contributions there, but it's scoring that he brings. And you need to see what his role looks like. Well, I also want to watch Nick Claxton, who just isn't pushing too big minutes at all. 23 last game, 31, 30, 22, 25, 23, 29. Like the minutes are down. They don't need to extend him any further with no KD Kyrie. And it looks like that's sort of what he's going to settle into. For the Celtics, I do want to watch Brogdon, what his role is if White is out, what his role is if White plays and where how we can rely upon him. But the other thing is Grant Williams because he was a DNP last game. Does he get back into the mix if Derek White is out? What do they do with him and Hauser and Muscala and Cornett? How do they run that rotation? I don't think that Williams will be permanently out of the rotation. I know he should be permanently off your 10, 12, and 14-team leagues, and that's been the case for weeks and months. But where he fits in the rotation does have an impact on a bunch of other players, and that is important for us to note. Today's episode is brought to you by Nissan Aria. The Nissan Most Electric Player of the Week is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. I'm trying to do a hybrid pronunciation there. People said Josh, it's pronounced Nissan because it's Japanese. I know. I know that but the literal company in Australia sorry Nissan the literal company in Australia on all of their advertising calls it Nissan. So I that's what we know it's not just an accent thing that's just how they pronounce it here and I don't know why that is. Anyway, the most electric player of the week it's got to be Damian Lillard. A 71 point game, another 40 point game. He's carrying these Blazers with unbelievable power, strength, fierceness. He's just he's been ridiculous. He's been one of the best players in the NBA Probably a top five player over the last two months and definitely like a top five player in fantasy over that time, much like the Nissan Aria. It delivers on duality, a combination of fierceness and elegance. It's beautiful and strong. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin-to-your-seat power and premium intelligence all-in-one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. Let's go to the Knicks and the Heat. The Knicks are one point favourites on the road against Miami. Jovic is out, Yurtseven is out, and I just got updated that Kyle Lowry is out. Double cheeked up. On a Thursday afternoon. So pretty cool that they were able to list him questionable at the start of the week and then him not play the entire week. That's sick. We just don't know what's happening there with his knee. So we can keep trying Gabe Vincent, although he's been up and down. And the other one, after the lies of this team, which happen all the time, Jimmy Butler left last game early. Ah, if it was a close game, Spose said. He would have played. He's fine. Just maintenance. The game was out of hand. So, you know, two days later, they list him questionable. So obviously, it wasn't nothing. And they lied. Or they're lying this time. Someone is lying at some point. I don't know what it is. I know that Jimmy Butler's knee is rooted and there's going to be things like this happen all the time. So the long and the short of it is Jimmy Butler is questionable. Because he's my butler. (laughs) Yeah. So if he is out, then we really do look to Max Struess. We look to Victor Oladipo as very premium stream options. If that is the case, that he is in fact out with this injury that wasn't actually an injury, but now it is an injury. For the Knicks, the Josh Hart, RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly minutes where do they fall? Do they all play under 30? Is there any way that Hart and Quickly push over 30? Is there any way that Tom Thibodeau will change the starting lineup? He won't because they're on winning streak. So there's there's no. it'll take two years of them losing every game for him to make a change, I reckon, with that group. Even with Grimes starting, maybe maybe i has been too harsh on him. But again, I'm just scarred by the fact that this man started Alfred Payton every game for a whole year and then decided at game three in the playoffs, it might be now time to bench him. Cool. Let's see what I uh, had a question on the Mailbag show earlier today in a 10 team league like his heart droppable like probably in a 10 team league he is because the upside is seemingly capped but we want to see what happens with him and quickly here. And then for the heat, we do want to see if Butler plays and then how his replacements look Struce and Oladipo. but also Gabe Vincent who was dreadful last game and he had a really strong stretch but he's struggling now and my confidence in him maintaining that role if Kyle Lowry returns or when Kyle Lowry returns. Diminishing now, there's good stream value for these guys um, because they do play again on Saturday. But apart from that, like, I'm not feeling super confident about a lot of these guys. Remember, it is a back to back for the Heat, so the chances of Butler playing both feel very, very small. The next game is the Suns and the Bulls. Phoenix are six-point favorites on the road here. Landry Shamet will be out. Javante Green will be out for Chicago. Uh, Terry Ross missed the last game for the Suns. He's officially questionable here. Um, Joshua Kogi, they've listed him as in with a nasal fracture. I don't think anyone doubted that. And Kevin Durant is going to play. I do want to see a Kogi's role. He played good minutes, but when he had like four points, some of that was some poor shooting, and he is historically a terrible shooter. He just had a really hot stretch. It's very hard to look at a Kogi as a must roster player. I think in twelve team leagues, I think there's stream value there, but that's about it. But we get another crack to have a look at it today. I also want to watch Chris Paul. Like, is just going to lean into a very low usage role, like a fourteen usage role, and be a big assists and steals guy? Or can the shot actually start to fall? Because would he shoot 13% or something in that first game with Durant? His role and his usage is something to monitor to see where it is moving forward for the Bulls. I do want to watch Patrick Beverly because he was great last game, thirty-three minutes, big numbers. But where do his minutes fit alongside Alex Caruso, who played only twenty minutes last game, and they gave more minutes to Pat Williams? So, is Caruso going to start and play low minutes? Is he going to get back to twenty-seven minutes? Is that going to impact Beverly? All of that stuff is important in valuing Caruso and Beverly and Williams and White and Tsumu seems to be the guy who's on the outside looking in with only fifteen minutes last game. I also want to watch Demar Derozan because I do think that the thigh is causing a real problem. Can't hit free throws anymore. His production's down. His usage is down. Um, His rebounds are significantly down. If this is the DeRozan we get rest of season, that's probably not a top 50 player. I'd like to see him hit those free throws at a better rate. But the rebounds and the defensive stats and the lower usage is probably more of a concern to me. The Jazz and the Thunder. No spread out at this point. Colin Sexton will be out for Utah. Um, Jordan Clarkson, the man on the street, is questionable. J O R D A N C L A R K S O N. Now I don't have this official yet, but I'm not expecting Shea Gildas Alexander to play. If he's in COVID protocols, it's unlikely that he went into COVID protocols. Whether it was Tuesday or Wednesday, that he's available Friday, the return on Sunday is probably more likely for Shea. And then they also lost Kenrich Williams today for wrist surgery, out for the season. So with Kenrich out, it gives more stability to Pig Williams to Robinson Earl. Aaron Wiggins, Dario Saric. And the fact that I was able to mention four guys there straight away should make you think that none of those guys become must-roster players. There's a chance that Pig Williams, Jalen Williams, does become an option, but the inconsistency with him is pretty frustrating. Robinson Earl, I doubt it. Wiggins, I doubt it. But they are playing some okay minutes. Saric, maybe, but, like, Saric's minutes, 12-9, 27-15. Like, this is the problem with their centers, and it has been all season, is trying to figure out consistency, which doesn't exist. Um, I went ahead of myself there and talked about the Thunder, but let's talk to Jazz. I think Chris Dunn remains a stream option. Horton Tucker's the guy that we want to have, I think, over Dunn, but Dunn should be able to get that second 10 day contract, in fact. Where when is his 10 day up? I'm just gonna look He Ooh, his 10 day is actually up. Oh no, it's not. It's up on the weekend. So he should be at least okay to play Friday. Let's see what his role is. And Kelly Linux struggled last game, but he still played thirty minutes. He still remains a twelve team league player. Let's see if there's any changes in his role. I don't think there will be. On the Thunder, we do want to watch Pig Williams and what happens without Kenridge, but also Isaiah Joe who came off the bench last game but put up a really good game. And if you want points and threes, Joe is going to be in that mix to provide that without very much else though. The Clippers and the Kings is the next game that we're going to take a look at. The Clippers are on a back-to-back. There's no um, spread available here. I do We don't know the resting plan for the Clippers, but we do know that no one is out for the game on... uh, None of the resting guys are out on Thursday. They did list Ivica Zubac and Marcus Morris as questionable. So they weren't on the injury report yesterday for the Clippers. They are today for Thursday's game. So that's going to put them, I would say, in doubt for Friday. I also don't think that Kawhi Leonard is going to play on Friday, but I'm not sure about Paul George. Will he play the back-to-back? We don't know whether we get Zubac, Morris, George, or Leonard playing in these games, which opens up a ton for Terrence Mann and Russell Westbrook and Norman Powell and Nick Batum and even Eric Gordon. So lots can change there. Be ready to make ads if we hear stuff about who the Clippers are out. I'd probably prioritize Powell um, and then Mann and then Batum would be my guess. Maybe even Bones Highland, but I'm not sure about that. For the Kings, I do want to see the role that Kevin Herter plays. It looks like De'Aaron Fox is going to return after missing last game. So, once again, as per usual, the Kings are fully healthy. So, Herder played 33 minutes last game, but he played 20 and 18 the two prior to that. So, what's his role? 20 minute Kevin Herter is definitely not enough for a 12 team league guy. 30 is maybe enough, but I don't think he's a must roster to play. Well, last game, the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. He went crazy. He put up huge numbers, he shot the ball well, but that hasn't been the case the whole way through. He's totally okay to roster, totally okay to have now, but the long-term output or upside for him, I think is relatively limited. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And when you're looking for a treat, whether you've been for a workout or you just need something healthier to eat, Built Bar's there for you. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They taste like a candy bar, but they are low in fat, low in sugar, low in calories, but jam-packed full of protein. 17 grams of protein in a bar, but like 130 calories. It's such a great combination and they taste unbelievably good. And in the past, I've told you, go to built.com and you can order your Built Bars and that's still possible. The website's there. You can order them easy. But you can also just get them straight off the shelf in Walmart. They've got four bar boxes of the coconut puff, cookies and cream, and double chocolate flavor. In a Sam's Club, they've got the bigger boxes, the 13-bar boxes, the churro flavor there, and brownie batter as well. So go to Built.com. Go into your Walmart. Go into a Sam's Club and get yourself boxes of Built Bars. Built Bar is built different. Grizzlies and Nuggets. really intriguing game here. Denver are five and a half point favorites at home against Memphis. We're not expecting Stephen Adams to be available for this game. Um, Colin Gillespie should be out for Denver. While Zeke Naji continues to give us no updates on his injury with his shoulder problem. For the Nuggets, or for the Grizzlies, I'm expecting that they start Xavier T. Illman again against Nikola Jokic. They started him last time in that big win. Um, at home on Saturday against the Nuggets, so Tillman can be a stream option. While Clark, I'd imagine, is relatively limited in that matchup. I also want to watch Jar Morant, who's played under 30 minutes to the last three games, blowout stuff. But also, he's, he fluctuates so much with his efficiency stuff and his lack of threes. What does Jar do in this high, likely high-pressure sort of matchup against Denver? What do his what do his minutes look like? Um, and can we get some more consistency in his shooting? For the Nuggets, this is their last game of the week, and Aaron Gordon really hasn't put it together since returning from injury, which is to be expected. He also struggled a little bit before that. Is he able to get back to 30 minutes? Are they going to keep him limited as he deals with this rib pain that he's got? Is he worth holding when there's no games on the weekend? Probably not. I also want to watch the Reggie Jackson, Bruce Brown minutes coming off the bench. Who gets prioritized? Who gets the minutes? Reggie played 25 last game, but it was a blowout against the Rockets. And he hasn't hit 20 in any of the games. Well, Bruce does get over that. But if there's any switch in that, that will really decrease Bruce Brown's value. We're not adding Reggie in 12 or 14 team leagues, but he can have an impact on other players. The Pelicans and the Warriors is the next game. We know that Zion will be out. We know that Larry Nance will be out. We know that Steph will be out. We know that Alvarado will be out. And I am assuming that Andrew Wiggins will be out. This is a back-to-back for Golden State. Um, Jordan Poole was on the injury report, but he's going to play Thursday. I assume that he will play on Friday. And I don't think there'll be any rest for Clay or Draymond. Uh, on Friday, but that's something we need to watch. The other one to pay attention to is Valanciunas, who is questionable with a calf issue. He gets cooked against the Warriors quite a bit, and I know that uh, Hernan Gomez gets cooked too. So I think that even if JV is out, I'm not sure this is the right spot to stream in Hernan Gomez. It might be Hayes, or they'll just go small, which means better value for Najee Marshall and Trey Murphy. So just watch that. Even if Valanciunas is out, I'm not sure this is going to be a Hernan Gomez situation. Murphy played 32 minutes last game after 21 the game before that as they really marginalized Josh Richardson. Have they figured out that maybe they shouldn't start Richardson? They should go back to Murphy? Let's what see what happens in this game. Let's see how the minutes split between those two. And with Alvarado out, like you could have thought that Daniels could play 18, 19 minutes. He played 10 in that first game. What is their role for him? They gave Kyra Lewis twelve minutes. Who gets the back backup minutes there? Can both of them play? Are any of them going to be fantasy options? Probably not. But we'll see if there's any role available there for Dyson Daniels that makes sense for some formats. The Wolves and the Lakers. Last game of the night. The Wolves are two point favorites. We know that LeBron is out and reevaluated in three weeks. That makes him a drop in fantasy leagues. He has to be dropped. I think he's not coming back really in March at all. D'Angelo Russell will be out again, and Carl anthony Towns will be out, Well, Jalen Noel is questionable. For the Wolves, we want to watch Mike Conley, because it's been a rough shooting situation here for Conley. He's still getting good minutes, he's getting some assists, he's getting some steals, but the shooting's been a real problem. I still believe that he is a hold. I also want to watch Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Now, that's only for deeper leagues, but he has been their first guy off the bench. He's playing over Noel, he's playing over Rivers, he's playing over McLaughlin. Um, he played 21, 24, 20, 17 minutes the last three games. This is only deeper league stuff, but it is just important to know when teams tweak their rotations and Alexander Walker has been tweaked into a larger role. For the Lakers, I think Austin Reeves is at least worth streaming with LeBron and Russell out. So let's keep an eye on him. And also, Dennis Schroeder looks like a pretty strong uh, pretty strong add at the moment with both Russell and James out. They could continue to start Schroeder even when Russell comes back. The expectation is that uh, Anthony Davis is available to play in this game. We haven't heard anything official. I'm sure they'll list him as probable on the injury report, but I think he'll be ready to go. In terms of streaming options, if we look at the back-to-back Friday, Saturday, you might have capacity to do that. We will see. Kyle Anderson, Malik Monk, Enjeka Okonwu, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Love, Caleb Martin, Torian Prince, Nas Reid. You can also throw in Max Struess there, because I'm guessing that Butler could miss both games or even one of those games. So Struess and Oladipo uh, and Gabe Vincent move into that mix as well with Kyle Lowry also. Um, unlikely to play in at least one of that. He's definitely not playing in one of them. In terms of just streaming in for Friday, we've got Kyle Anderson, Talon Horton Tucker, great stream there, Dennis Schroeder, Matisse Theibel. These guys are all available in over 50% of leagues and that top four, excellent streams. You've got Josh Richardson. I'm a little iffy on that. Isaiah Joe should be a good stream. Eubanks is a good stream for blocks. And then you've got Malik Monk as an option there as well. For deeper leagues, every one of these guys available in 90% plus. You've got Troy Brown, who's probably going to start and be okay as an option. Nico Batum, Nick Richards, Pig Williams, Aaron Wiggins, you can see a couple of Thunder guys there with Kendrick Williams out. Kobe White and Patrick Beverley in Chicago. They're like probably 14 team league streams. And then and Prince is a deeper format stream as well. For points leagues, we're looking at guys available in 40% plus. It's Horton, Tucker, DiVincenzo, Kyle Anderson, Dennis Schroeder, Josh Kogi, Dennis Smith, Malik Beasley, and ex-Avia T. Illman in what should be a bigger minute night for him against Nikola Jokic. In terms of the next four nights, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, We've got two low volume days in there and that is Saturday and Monday so the guys that play on those days are as follows Malik Monk, Ejike Okongwu, Killian Hayes, Deandre Hunter, DeAnthony Melton, The Wavepool, Caleb Martin, Kevin Love and um Marvin Bagley the 4th, James Wiseman. So there are lots of options there where you can get the, the Saturday and Monday combination on the low volume days, avoiding a 10-game Friday and a 10-game Sunday. But as always, look at your roster. Do you have active spots available on Friday and Sunday? Because if you do, then this information isn't as relevant for you. This information becomes more relevant. Who are the guys over the next four days who have really strong top 100 value? DiVincenzo's got two games. I think he's great there. Zach Collins, available. Available everywhere. Two games. DeLon Wright, two games. Tari Eason, Two games. Don't know what his role is, but I'm feeling more confident with it. Kyle Anderson, two games. Horton Tucker, two games. KCP, two games, and Matisse Leible, three games over the next four nights, and is playing really well. Also, another way that you can look at Cam Reddish there with the three games in four nights might, and with the the chance that Simon sits. All of those games, I don't know whether he will, but you'd have to say there's a chance that Simons is out those games. That does help. The other teams that have got three games in four nights, there's the Blazers, there's the Heat, there's the Kings, there's the Hawks and the Celtics. So if you are looking at three game in four night options, there's a bunch of those ones there you can look at. These are just guys who I think are just on a per game basis on this list are top 100 players. And then there's the the value of getting like a DeAndre Hunter or a Kongwu or a Kevin Herder or a Malik Monk who play three in Fortnite, Caleb Martin, Kevin Love, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, that gets a little bit of a boost because of volume. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.